Hello everybody and welcome to Richard's Radio Adventures. My name is Richard, KB5JBV. Um, let me apologize to y'all for all the noise and popping and wind noise and everything else. Studio 2M, also known as the BSS Unnameable. It's one of those old Fords that's got the collars that stabilize the doors gone. So there is an awful lot of wind noise. We're going to sit here a few minutes to get this thing started. And I put the microphone closer to my face so maybe it'll, my voice will overpower the wind. I noticed that uh, one of the other episodes, it was, uh, the wind noise was worse than anything else. Well, as most of you know, we shut down production on Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast, a month or two ago. And we're doing some of these, which are, I was told when we're doing Resonant Frequency, the episodes where we just kind of, kind of riffed on amateur radio a little bit, that they enjoyed it. And it's all also all, all I really have a lot of time for at the moment. So I hope you enjoy. You know, I'd like to hear comments and suggestions and stuff like that. The actual noise level, I'm not sure we're, we're going to be able to get that down or not. Uh, we might be able to do it in post-production, but once again, I don't have a lot of time, so these episodes are kind of raw. Uh, I'll do the best I can with them. Let me give you all the email address up front this time so that we don't forget. I think we forgot on one of the other episodes, and that's kb5jbv at gmail.com kb5jbv at gmail.com and if you uh, want to catch up with me on Facebook or something you can do it I'm on Facebook kb5jbv I'm on Twitter Identica several other social networks uh, you can catch up with me there okay we're currently minimizing our amateur radio station you know at one time we had the room to put out a, an 80 or a G5 RV, at one time we had an 80 meter dipole up, 75 meter dipole. And uh, yeah, we're going to start with this and see where we go. It's kind of like The Simpsons and everything else, but now I'm having to start minimizing, trying to distill it on down, get back to the core of amateur radio. And you really don't know till you start digging through all of it how much amateur radio equipment you can accumulate over the years. I have sold thousands and thousands of dollars worth of amateur radio equipment over the last five years and still have a god-awful amount of stuff. I'm going to go through my packet controllers, which I, I need a few of them, so that I can uh, keep the Windlink gateway going at the new place. Uh, I've got to sell off some antennas which are mostly VHF, UHF antennas. I sold a G5 RV just not too long ago on uh, on eBay that had never been out of the package but that's okay because we're going to turn the uh, truck into a mobile station for most of our needs. We're going to get us a radio in the house phone radio, a voice radio, 
to cover some of those needs and everything else. So on an episode not too long ago, I think I was talking about how there was no amateur radio in Kaufman County. Well, very, very little. And luckily, I'm in a spot out there where I can still hit all of the repeaters on top of the tower at West Mesquite High School because I can go out on the front porch and look over toward Mesquite and there that bad boy is. So I can still do the D-Star because the other closest machines are in downtown Dallas and in Tyler, Texas. As I said, <laughs> the one in Mesquite is the one, which is fine because my friend Craig KV58 is uh, in charge of that and I can't think of anybody better to have their hands on a repeater. Let me repeat that just in case some people are listening. I can't think of anybody better equipped to maintain a repeater. That was a jab, y'all. So with this, I have to make considerations uh, because it's in a controlled area. And I don't want to go do too deep in that because I want to I want to discuss about it at discuss it at length in a different episode. But what are we going to do? Well, let's start with the truck. I know that uh, on our on the RF podcast that we were talking about mobile installs and I think I put a, a few pictures up on uh, on Facebook, I may have stuck them on the website. I'm not sure. If I didn't, I'll find them and get them on there. Of what we were doing, we had a a workman. I think it's a workman. Five magnet mag mount that we stuck to the roof of the truck. We had a uh, an ID 800. D-Star compatible radio. It's a dual bander. Do 2 meter and 440. It'll even listen to 900. I don't know what that's all about. But we had that in. And it's got more memories than I'll ever use. We uh, strung the coax inside. We had a combination of workman vertical or workman mobile antennas and uh, Hustler mobile antennas that we were using. We also had, uh, I believe it was a Kenwood TS430 with automatic antenna tuner that we were using in here also. Well, I got to exploring and looking around. Actually, I was looking for a hump mount or something to mount a radio on. I like these little monopole uh, radio mounts that I found. However, I'm not sure they would carry the lightest HF radio I have, which is uh, the Yaesu FT897D. Even though if I could get that one in here, that would be sweet. So uh, uh, the only other options were universal. Uh, 
under the dash mounts or uh, a hump mount and I found me one of those looks pretty good it's also made by workmen mainly because I want to get the uh, the big radio that I've been using off of the piece of plywood that I was using you know set it on a hump lean it up against the seat and have at it but anyway I got to looking around and it is a pickup pickups are interesting things to mount an antenna on there are some poles that pole type mounts that mount to the bed and the side of the the truck bed but I haven't been able to locate any of those so I don't even know what the price might be on something like that there are various ways to attach them to the bumper which in my case the flat bumper mount bar which is real common and extremely affordable I can't really use because I don't have a place to hook it on underneath the bumper that's sturdy enough to make me happy and the top of the bumper is covered with a rubberized vinyl kind of thing non-slip deal there's another one which screws on to the trailer hitch or trailer hitch goes through it and I don't have one of these re receiver hitches I just have the the regular pickup bumper with the uh, holes in it for trailer hitches uh, the uh, mount that they have there is very similar to the one that I was talking about for the bumper except it's got a hole large enough to stick the threaded portion of the ball through it and then through the bumper and then put the nut on this would be in my opinion pretty sturdy but it would also put me in the position that I have to take the antenna off every time I let the tailgate down now sometimes a lot of times this is not an issue but ever so often I do have to let it down in fact uh, it's been down more than it's been up the last few weeks so I kept on looking and ran across some stake hole mounts. Now, stake holes, for those of y'all who don't know this, and I doubt there's a, a lot of people that don't, but I'm sure somebody doesn't. The stake holes are the square holes on the top of the side of the truck bed. And there's a lot of them out there. And I kept looking and kept looking, and it's like, yeah, okay. That one's for a fire stick. Fire stick's about three, four feet long and wind loading and all that good stuff. No, this ain't going to suit my need. And, and then I finally ran across one. And I'll have to tell y'all what it is in another episode, I guess, because I've forgotten the name of it. But this one's unique in the fact that it uses a wedge to wedge the base of the uh, the mount into the stake hole uh, screw using some allen head screws and stuff like that and in fact in the video the installation video I saw the gentleman installed it on a really old pickup truck got it down good and tight then climbed up in the truck 
and hopped up on it and stood on the thing. Well, I, quite honestly, I think if that's possible, that it's probably going to hold the antennas that I have available. It also, once you get the, you can put whichever uh, mount in it you want. Uh, I'm going to go with the 3 8 inch because I like those screw-in antennas. And uh, I'm going to plug me a piece of coax in the bottom. So, let's move on to the antennas. Well, like I said, I have an assortment of workmen. Uh, may actually have uh, uh, what the other ones are. I can't remember what they're called. But some, those types of antennas, for those of y'all that don't know what I'm talking about, they're the long black ones with the steel stinger on the top. Fairly inexpensive. And I have some hustler, I have a couple of hustler masks and a handful of resonators. I know the 10 meter, the 20 meter resonators are in good shape. I know they do work. But if I decide to go with the hustlers, which I think I've pretty much decided to do that, if I go with the hustlers, then I'm going to have to get a 40 and a 75 meter resonator and quite possibly a 15 or 17 meter resonator. Now they're not that expensive, so this is a good option. Plus for the price, they're pretty good antennas. I don't have the money to invest in a, a screwdriver style antenna or even a bug catcher, or I would probably go with something like that. You know you work with what you got. So we got all that taken care of, and then we uh, we want to come inside, you know, run the coax in, check out the install episode of Resonant Frequency, or one the beginning basic install episode, and uh, you know, running the coax is not a big issue. We get inside, and we get the radio. Now, like I said, I've been looking at mounts. If I decide to go with this pump mount, what I'm probably going to do is mount the factory bracket or the bracket that came with it crazy people out here my my anyway I'm gonna mount the um, use the mounting bracket that came with what whichever radio I use I still have the one for the 897 I still have the one or I have one that will fit the 430 it's been through several radios and mount it to the hump mount and then screw the hump mount down so it doesn't move around and go that direction if I decide to use one of the universal mounts and sling it under the dash, then I'm going to have to find another place for my VHF, UHF radio. However, that might be used for that mono, monopod, monopole, to mount the radio up here closer where it's easier for me to work with. So there you go. That's what we're going to have to do in the truck. Now, when we move out, we move the radios in the house, like I said, I've been using handhelds uh, for the most part because the repeaters that I can hit for sure from the house are still just over in Mesquite, about 10 miles away. And I know you're thinking, good God, 10 miles on a handheld. Well, 
hey, if you can see it, you can hit it. <laughs> and I don't seem to have any problem hitting any of the machines up there from that location. The ones that are actually inside the county that I'm in are a little more difficult because one of them is over on the far end of the county and it's going to get loud in here, folks. I'm finally up on the highway. One of the ones that, and the main one for the county that I'm in right now is all the way over on the far side of the county, which would be about 10 or 15 miles away. Unfortunately, that one, unlike the ones over in Mesquite, I cannot see it. There's another one down in uh, Kaufman, but however, as you've either heard in the episode before or will hear in the one after, the former EC of Kaufman County owns that repeater, and even though I have had a couple emails back and forth with him and he assures me I would be welcome over there, I'm not thinking, I would think not so much. So that leaves some other options. There's another guy's got one in Kaufman. Unfortunately, I think this repeater is part of what we have here in Texas, which is called the Armadillo Intertie, which a group, which is a group that has sucked up a bunch of the 440 repeater pairs and put up a system that is closed, unless you are a close friend and pay $100 a year. There's an ATV repeater, which is not going to do me much good. And there's another 440 repeater, which is also over on the far side of the county. And I can't seem to hit that. So, I'm going to end up having to get an antenna in there. Somehow. If y'all have any suggestions on that, you know, uh, I've dealt with apartments. Apartments are child's play once you figure them out as far as hiding antennas. Um, but when you've got people living all around you that might complain and you have a homeowners association that uh, might find you, it's a little bit of a different ball game I'm finding out. And if any of you guys are, are working with this, let me know. I can't put one in the attic because there's a radium barrier up there. That's out of the question. So, that's how we stand out here. You know, it's at the point right now that if I want to work uh, the local traffic net, which is on to be on one of the VHF repeaters, I have to go sit in the truck. If I want to work the uh, get on that races net for Dallas County or one of the cities over in Dallas County. I have to go to the truck. Tonight, Trinity Valley Amateur Radio Club has their net on the repeater that's on the far side of the county from me, so I'm going to have to get in the truck and drive up on top of the hill. <laughs> Reminds me of when I first got licensed, finding new ways to do the same old things. But that's all right because that's what makes it an adventure. Hey, wait a minute. This show's called Richard's Radio Adventures, so it fits. All right. So what else have we got before we go? This one's going to be a little bit longer because I'm actually out here driving down the highway. And 
can't turn off the recording. And the last one's got a lot of big gaps in it because I didn't want the people, or the one I just did before this, I didn't want the people to think I was running around talking to myself. <laughs> I was talking to y'all. But anyway, we got all that going. Uh, we're going to have to work some of this other stuff out. And, uh, you know, nothing's ever really stopped me from pursuing amateur radio. From sticking up a 50-foot pole behind a rent house to uh, building my own 2-meter mag mount antenna when I first got licensed, you know, because I guess I could probably tell that story real quick because I don't know if I, it's been a while since I told it or I may never have told it. Uh, you know, my carrot, as it were, for becoming a technician class amateur radio operator was a brand new shiny, uh, what was it, Yaesu 209RH handheld radio single band radio which even had a tone board in it which at that time uh, the tone board wild they charged like extra for that and I got that bad boy and I ran it as my home station my mobile station and carried it with me at work I had that radio with me 24 hours a day and from the place I was living at the time, which was up on a hill, I had no problem getting into the Dallas Amateur Radio Club repeater. That's back when it actually could hear. And when I was out driving around, same situation. Except for the fact that I had a little trouble hitting that machine. And that's where everybody I knew was. Because I worked up in Dallas, so when I was at work, I'd stand out on a parking lot and talk on my handheld. So I was in a junk store over in the big city of Arlington, Texas, which is turning into a big city, but back then, not quite so much. And there was a junk store in there where they sold junk computer parts and junk radio from uh, stereo and home entertainment parts and wall warts and stuff like that. It was just like a, a junk, junk store same place I bought my first copy of uh, DOS 5 and looked over on the shelf and there was a CB antenna laying there and I got to thinking to myself you know what that CB antenna might <laughs> loud ass motorcycle that CB antenna might suit my needs. So I pulled it down off the shelf, took a look at it, and I unscrewed the coil, looked at the base, and then I unscrewed the uh, the spring on top, which the sninger was sticking out of, took a look at that. And it just so happened that the stud on the base and the stud on the, or the uh, hole in the bottom of the screw were the same size. Y'all hang on a minute while I answer the phone. Well, there you go. Life never stops. Anyway, so I looked at the uh, I looked at the stud on the base and looked at the hole in the in the spring and 
G Wiz, Dick Tracy, they were the same size. So I purchased that bad boy for two dollars, took it home, found found something to cut it with, cut the stinger off to 19 inches or a little less, stuck it, socked it all the way down in that spring and the rest is history. The next two years, my mobile radio was a whole five watts with a two-meter homemade two-meter mag mount, and I was just tickled to death. So finding ways to get on air, uh, it can be a challenge for me, but it's never stopped me. Anyway, with that, we're finally pulling into the housing edition. And we're gonna go ahead and uh, oh, go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. So if you want to contact me with suggestions, uh, just want to tell me how much you like the show, just want to tell me how bad you hate the show, uh, you have a burning desire to join up with the Kaufman County areas here in Texas, just about anything, you can get a hold of me at kb5jbv at gmail.com. kb5jbv at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on the social networks. I'm on a lot of them. Most uh, prominently, Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter and Identica. Uh, if you send me a message, I do get, uh, I do get it. And uh, you know, I'd like to hear about your radio adventures. You know, it may get to the point I could sit down and read an email while we're recording at some point. If that's the case, you know, I'd like to share some of y'all's uh, radio adventures with everybody else. So with that, let's see, we're about four houses away. We'll go ahead and uh, stick a fork in this episode before it be done. And we'll, uh, I guess we'll talk to y'all next time.